millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the No Ratings Podcast. We've rolled out the Avengers because my Avenger is in the England squad. Before we get into anything, shout out James Madison. He's finally made the squad. Um, I love that guy, as you know. Uh, we've all come on brand, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you will know. But if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts, Sakib is here, non-branded, in just a white hoodie. Um, Amir has turned up in a, a fake France full-sleeve limited edition. You can't get this limited edition, Abid. With all your connections, you don't have it. It's not fake. <laughs> um, where do you buy it? Where do you buy it? From the Nike store. Is it Nike? I hope it's Nike. Yes, yeah, the Nike store. Is it Nike? How to be sure. Um, and uh, Leas has turned up in his Brazil shirt, probably to back Neymar to the hills and back, like he does oh, every Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, You were getting bad on Twitter this week for your takes on Coutinho, isn't it? I'm asleep, man. Every week, every week they're trying to shut me down, bro. <laughs> you can't shut this guy down, man. I, I heard a lot of support for his take, to be fair, as well. I did too, bro. I can't lie. I don't know if you guys have seen that Homelander clip where like the people are cheering in the background. He starts like <laughs> laughing nervously. That was me, bro. Because I was pumped. I was get cooked for that. But what helped me? Yeah, you were absolutely getting cooked. Um, just before we get into this, this is of course all about England squad, but we're also going to talk about a few of the other squads as well. But we're going to save a few bits because we've got the World Cup predictions coming up, and Faisal's going to join us for that because I feel this will be quite nice. You know, as soon as you throw Faisal into the mix, like there's arguments galore because like I think he actually gets what a kick mean? from yeah, arguments. Faisal agree on every. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you pour oil on water, bro. That's, just yeah. starts... <laughs> <laughs> That's the best metaphor ever. Um, but yeah, whichever podcast platform you're listening on, uh, do give us a follow. We have been looking at the ratings and all of that recently, and uh, it's looking healthy. It's looking healthy. Uh, but most importantly, let's talk about Gareth Southgate. Uh, Leah, as you came for me on Twitter earlier, I was I was actually just parking my car and I was like, as soon as I saw Leah's tweet, you, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> here we go. Um, Gareth Southgate, let's, let's talk about the squad, then we'll talk about Gareth Southgate. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Leah, you must be actually happy with this squad. Like, how are you actually potentially still annoyed at him? 
I mean, I'm not annoyed at anything. To be honest, I'm not an England fan. I don't, I don't, I don't really mind who they, who they select. That's more on you guys. But I am happy to see James Madison. For me, that was that was the big one. I know I told you a few others that I would have liked to see in there, but I think that was the one for me. That if if Gareth Southgate hadn't taken him, I would have had a lot to say. And I, I think that everyone is relieved for a reason because the guy absolutely deserves it, right? The, the main stat that people have been talking about this week is that since what is it, May 11th. Only Erling Haaland has contributed more goals or assists combined than, than James Madison. He's been in outstanding form, even for a Leicester team who have really flattered to deceive this season. And I think this is really justification for all of that. I know national teams aren't often picked on just club form, right? A lot goes into it. But I think the fact that he hadn't been given a, a chance really since 2019 to prove himself, I'm, I'm happy that Southgate, for whatever reason, decided to pick him because I think he's, he's one of the best players in the country and I think he can really help this team. I think it was an Everton game, I, the one that just happened this week, and I actually managed to watch it. I think it was on Sky. It was ninety minutes of it anyway. He was brilliant, like mm. absolutely brilliant. I think he had a point to prove. And there was a game before that. I think Southgate was in attendance. Can't remember who they played, and he he didn't quite get it together. But at that Everton game, he was running the show. Um, he he really been good for ages now, um, but I think like the push really happened over the sort of last month, month and a half. Like when Leicester were really out of form, um, because he was the only sort of one performing and, and shining like I think he stood out a bit more and uh, yeah his numbers are like KDB numbers or like like people comparing his numbers to like just all these like Mo Salah, KDB, Haaland like he's in the list with those guys so yeah for me it, it didn't make any sense not to take him especially because I'd love to see James Madison at number 10 in between Sterling and Foden um, because obviously they're the traditional wingers that we've seen for Manchester City at that time Um and I think we were trying Mason Mount in that number 10 position a lot. And obviously he's fine there, but I think he suits playing more to the left than playing directly in that pocket. Um, but if you sort of look at heat maps and like where people's decisive actions are, like James Madison's really thrived and, and plays like a number 10 of the old school, like the number 10s that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Proper, proper number 10. Yeah, proper number 10. And um, especially like in the international stage, you get a bit more space, a bit more, I don't know, you need like those moments rather than sort of these crafted do you goals. Think the, do you think the better players elevate his game? Because I've seen Pats and Dakar a few times now and he leaves a lot to be desired with his overall <laughs> product, apart yeah. from the speed. But sometimes players like this at top 10, top 15 clubs are like big fish in a small pond vibes. But I, I think he will just even better. I think his game will improve when you're feeding Harry Kane instead of Dakar or Saka yeah. and Foden. But I wanted to know what you thought. Well, to, to be fair, I think like number 10s traditionally are players who love to have the ball loads and like mm. have as many touches, like like be the player in the team who has the most touches, who makes the most passes, who takes the most shots. So in that sense, the players around him might help him in that they'll be able to finish off the chances that he creates or they'll create space for him to play in. Um, but I think with him or with other number 10s, um, sort of De Bruyne, for example, they're players who you want to run the game through as much as possible. Um, and whether or not sort of Southgate reduces the amount um, of touches and shots and passes that he has, that's sort of up to him and, and that's like a tactical decision. Um, and I think he can thrive with less possession uh, individually. But I do think like, his best game is when he's the main man. Um, and there's no reason why, even if he does play for England, he can't do that role um, and be the main man yeah. in that sense because I you agree. have good players around to, to score around him and, and create around him as well. 
You know what's crazy, right? The coincidence here is that I spent the last like few days talking about Felipe Coutinho, but I've always said that the player that Madison actually reminds me of the most is Felipe Coutinho. The ability mm. that they kind of start off on like that left-hand pocket, they cut in, long shots, tricky, create chances. My biggest thing with Coutinho was the consistency side of things. But in terms of profile, in terms of how they play, I've always likened Coutinho to, to a James Madison. I agree, Umir, with everything you say. And the thing that I've been hearing a lot for the past few months, even a year, is that where does Madison fit into this England team? Because they don't really play with a traditional 10. They play with like two midfielders. And in the past, it's been Rice and, and Phillips or maybe Henderson in there. But I don't see why the inclusion of a James Madison, like I think he's a good enough player that he can potentially cause that kind of formation switch even in-game because I don't expect Southgate to, to, to start him from the off, but that's a player that you bring him in and the shape of the team can can uh, get, it can kind of like incorporate him in it. And then you can imagine perhaps a midfield three of Rice, Phillips, and uh, Madison in front of him or even putting a Bellingham in one of those number eight positions. I, I think that's great midfield balance for an England team that really hasn't had too much of that in the last few years. I, think I, I really want to see them move to a a, a three in midfield, like a four three three or four two three one. Um, especially if you are going to use Madison, you can obviously play him as like a number ten in a five two one two or something like that. Um, but I don't think just, Southgate would do it at any point in terms of a four at the back. I think I think in the group stages and stuff, he might experiment with it. We saw that last time, um, but I think in the big games, because remember, I think in the run up to this tournament, we've basically been. Five at the back quite exclusively. But prior to that, in the last tournament, we were like 50-50 between both of them. So I don't mm. think Southgate's averse to trying both, especially if he has like a group of sort of his best players at this moment now. I think if I think if there's two or three or four midfield spots in whichever scenario or formation he plays, I think Rice, Phillips, Bellingham, Mount. I think in Southgate's mind, Madison is fifth Plus. choice. Yeah. yeah, he's just sort of and, taking him because of but the, the, what people The thing for me is like, if you mm. look at this uh, England squad on the whole, I think the whole squad lacks a little bit of, for the lack of a better word, chaos. Uh, yeah. Or a player that can make his own mind up in situations. X-factor, that's the word you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. football, that is the most important thing I yeah, think. Yeah, I think you need Absolutely. players who you can throw on in tight situations who can make their own mind up in situations. Like, I think there's a lot of, like if I look at the England forward line, and we'll go through each position, each area of the pitch, uh, Grealish has been sort of hardened into this uh, Pep Guardiola player. Uh, Phil Foden, similar. Um, Rashford, I don't think, excels in them absolute key moments. Uh, Saka and Sterling and Wilson. So you're kind of left with Madison as like your... Um, I think when you look at that forward line that England have, you don't really have a player in there who's going to pick the ball up 35 yards out against Portugal and just go, I'm just going to have a crack. And I think like mm. in... In a lot of international situations, you really require those players who can make their own mind up. Because if you just think back to like teams that have won the Euros or the World yeah. Cup, even when Portugal won the Euros, Eder just decided yeah, to shoot. I was going to mention that. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and you kind of go like, you can't account for those. Mo- even Champions League football, like you think to Champions League footballs and football, and you go, "Oh, remember that goal that like X, Y, and Z scored? That wasn't like strategy. That wasn't like coached into a player. It was like yeah. a player just went." On the day, like Luka Modric against Chelsea, just went outside of the foot. I'm just going to decide yeah. to do this on my own terms, and that wins you the I game. Really that like these expressive, like these footballers who, I think that's why Raheem Sterling was our best player last tournament because, in and of himself, like he's always been a player who's expressive. Like at, at Liverpool, he was this dribbling sort of central player, this number ten, 
Um, I think in the 2014 Euros uh, against Italy, there's that game where he had that shot from ridiculously far out and, and everyone thought it went yeah. in, but it didn't. But he was making yeah, these great yeah. passive dribbling. And then in, in the Euros that just went by, he had the record for the most dribbles in a Euros game that tournament. He, with that freedom and, and with the ability and that space and time, he's really good um, at putting the team on his back and, and, and creating some momentum and, and shifting the tide of the game. And I think Madison's a player similar to that. I think Phil Foden can be a player like that, but he's a bit more shy sometimes on the field. Um, and these players are sort of used to playing more patterns rather than... Foden's not off the cuff. He's not off the cuff like Madison. I mean, he I can think. be. I think he just needs he's to be... He's so given, disciplined. He needs to be given the keys to do that. And I think when he was younger, he used to do that a lot more. Um, yeah. But if sort of the next manager or like sort of in five, ten years' time, he was just sort of told, go play freely he'd be one of those players. Mm. I think that what you kind of just talked about with Mir too is also why for anyone who's really critical of the likes of Southgate or, or Deschamps, and let's be honest, I I'm, I've, have been one of them in the past. The flip side of that is if you look at international football in general, there aren't a lot of so-called elite managers or even like when it comes to domestic football, like top, top ones. A lot of them, the ones that really excel at this level, you look at Deschamps, you look at Fernando Santos in the past with Portugal and you look at Southgate recently are ones that a can kind of get the whole dressing room together and be mm. kind of create the platform and the setup to allow your more uh, expressive players to kind of win you those games individually. I look yeah. at France in 2018. I don't think you're looking at any tactical masterclass from, from Deschamps in any of those games. I think he's really created a setup and a platform for the likes of Pogba to express themselves mm. and Kylian Mbappe and Griezmann and Giroud. And then, okay, you don't worry about the rest. We have well, that. Giroud's that's just there so the guys like Mbappe can sort of perform to the best of their ability. Matuidi as well was in there to to completely offset Pogba and Kante, 100%. Like, these aren't tactical masterclasses, but it's just kind of finding the setup to allow your best players to express themselves. That's always been international football. I think in a way, that is a a tactical masterclass in that rather than seeing tactics just for the patterns and and the shapes and things like that, Mm. like, appreciating balance and profiles of players is really important. And that's why I think Ancelotti's been so successful in the Champions League, for example. Um, Deschamps has been successful with France in that tournament. But then when he bought in Benzema, obviously Benzema individually, sort of in the last game or so, w- was performing well, but it offset the balance to a point where France were not right. as successful, even with probably a better individual in that moment. Um, so mm. I think like it's probably harsh to say it's not tactical on all, or not give credit to managers for doing that. It is an important score, I think. A lot of it's more the like man that. management power there, though, isn't it? That's yeah, more but also just appreciating like, skills. the balance of a side. I think that's a really underrated skill. That's um, mm. one that Fergie as well, for me, became really known for at United. Like, no one ever considers Fergie the greatest tactical manager in terms of, like, like you said, patterns of play, set way of, like, but the fact was that he could always, like, kind of find the balance in his team and allow his best yeah. players to, to, to take advantage of that. And the one question I have for you guys, though, I look at Italy last year in uh, last year in the Euros, and for me, I think Mancini definitely got the best out of Southgate in the final, mm. especially after the first ten minutes. I think his ability to kind of like switch it up mid mid game completely caught England off guard. And I don't think they ever recovered. And now I look at Hansi Flick for Germany, and I look at Luis Enrique for Spain. Who Spain are another team. Me personally, I don't think they have the best squad of players at the tournament, but I do believe they'll go far because mm. they do have a guy like that who. I think when you look at the other international managers, with all due respect, he's he's a tier above them. Do you and think Spain looked like the most similar to a domestic, like a high level domestic? Side. Right. Yeah. 100%. yeah, yeah. That's because of him. But my like question, that. yeah. My question is like, 
the more of these you're seeing, do you when you see perhaps a Spain versus Brazil, could that manager really make the difference when in the past maybe it hadn't because kind of both manager managers were on the same level? You had, for example, Roberto Martinez and Deschamps competing uh, in a semifinal of a World Cup. Now with a Hansi Flick or a Luis Enrique, do you guys think that could really be the, the differential between both of them? I feel like international management naturally is going to follow suit to club management eventually because the game, football as a game, is becoming more tactically acute. And I think there's certain things that now managers have to take into account, which is why sort of like Madison being included, in my opinion, hints towards Southgate maybe considering changing system in game which is something he did do in the euros but not very effectively he'd wait too long but also he didn't take the tools to allow him to do that whereas Mancini did so I think now there's like you can't just be a manager who relies on top quality players unless say you're someone like France and although I don't think they've got the midfield to do it this time around but if he if Deschamps still had the same midfield he could still because of the the pure quality could rely on that whereas I don't think Southgate has the pure quality to rely on just can we be a tight-knit group? Can we be well stuck together? I think Spain are in a similar sort of predicament where Luis Enrique tactically is more astute than uh, Southgate. He probably doesn't have the right tools to make him to allow him to be completely tactically flexible. But I definitely think going forward, because management is becoming about tactics a lot more than like your Sir Alex Ferguson type, um, Southgate at some point is going to have to, using Southgate as an example, is going to have to show some tactical flexibility when he comes up against teams that have more tactical flexibility. I think it, I it depends on who they face. So I don't think there's loads and loads of coaches that are going to be able to implement a philosophy that's similar to like the philosophies that we see at club level. I think Spain are obviously one of them, probably Germany, given that Hansi Flick will have sort of some of the players who are familiar with his philosophy. From previously, and also, um, you know, you have the likes of like Gundogan um, as well, who are like used to a, a system that's similar in a way. Um, and I think in those matchups, um, you might get some of those really tactical battles. But I think in general, in general, like Southgate, I've read somewhere that he researched loads of the past winners, um, and and by doing that, he thought that the most realistic and and the best way to go far in competitions was to play in this pragmatic system um, and obviously it's proven true in the last two tournaments I think by playing pragmatic you're giving the opposition sort of the responsibility to break you down and attack and in that way you can rely on your sort of magical players to just drive and, and hit them in the counter attack so in that way you're just relying on the quality and the shape of your defense and last tournament I think we only conceded one goal in open play yeah. I think we conceded like two goals otherwise that were from corners basically or from free kicks um so our defense was ridiculous that season i mean in that tournament you say all this yeah you say all this and i hear you fully but then i read like connor cody's been brought in for vibes and leadership and address oh, and then i just good. think i agree with that I how much of it really good I think that's so every important. national team does that. Every national team manager will do that. By the way, I, I, I noticed that the English complain about it a lot. But you look at every single national team uh, selection, and there's players like that. I think Who's Brazil's mascot? They don't have a mascot. Dani Alves is 40 years old, bro. <laughs> Dani Alves isn't going to play yeah. a single minute at the World Cup, and they brought him just because of his experience. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. I think like the way people discuss like how teams are picked internationally, they've really got it all wrong in terms of. Teams shouldn't be picked based on the best 26 on yeah. form. I think that's completely ridiculous. I agree. Um, I agree. I agree. People, yeah, and people will complain about Maguire's inclusion. 
I understand in terms of from a logical perspective why it doesn't make sense, as in he hasn't played for United very much, he's not in good form. But on the international stage, he's got this really good partnership with John Stones. He's got the faith of the manager. He's on the back of games, playing in a system that he's used to. He just makes a lot of sense. If you bring someone in like tomorrow who, um, who's been a, a bit less consistent this season, but who's had a great last season and, and a great time at AC Milan, they've not formed that relationship there. So because you're relying yeah. less on tactics... Hey, Leah, why the hell are you nodding? Leah's tweeted me earlier saying tomorrow you've got to be in this squad. No, I, I said I'd like to see him in the squad, but I agree. I also tweeted that I wouldn't... For me, the discussion was never between him and Maguire. For me, the discussion was between him and Dyer or him and Ben White because they're kind of the ones who are on the fringe. But Maguire, I agree yeah. completely with you. Like I said today, right? What is more important for a national team manager? A player's club form or a player's national team form? It's the latter, bro. What the hell does he care what he's doing at a club level if it's not translating to national team level? It's none, it's none of his business. I think for that, that for me is the differential between squad players or players on the fringe. That for me is what gets like he, he yeah. used that example for Abraham versus Callum Wilson, who's playing said, better yeah. at the moment because that's that's choosing between a play. If Harry Kane goes 50 games without a goal, you think Southgate's going to drop him? No, because he's England's <laughs> borderline top scorer. And it's also like every time, I don't know if it's just the English have a knack for doing this, but 2018 was it? Oh, we got to the semis. Good experience for the young lads. They, it's good they learn how to lose. So then you go to a final, and Harry Maguire's been there in both squads. Now you go to a final and lost, and you said it's great experience. So now he's got all that experience. You're going to drop him, bring someone else in, <laughs> let him yeah. lose. And then say so you're building experience. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He's built the experience. He's been there. He's played the biggest individual match of his life, which was a Euro final. Felt what it was like to lose. And hopefully you'd appreciate that maybe... He is well synced within his international camp and his teammates and his place in that dressing room. You can't just drop him and bring in Dan Byrne and Lewis Dunk. These are the same people, Sakib, who were talking about last year. They were saying Varane had to be dropped for Konate for the French national team. I'll yeah. tell you this for free. Didier Deschamps is not dropping Raphael Varane no matter what yeah. happens for his club. Career. I didn't like He's Varane that for Man United, but for France, like he has to be there. It's a completely different like sport. It's almost like a completely different sport to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, like, international football is just about relationships. Like, if you have... So, England have this squad now, and if I look at every single name on that list, and this is just from my personal opinion, not from experience, I feel like all of those guys get along. And I know that's, like, the most basic analysis of anything. But if you've got to go on holiday with three... Like, us four went on a holiday, right? For four weeks, I know for a fact that at some point I'm ripping Liaz's head off. And <laughs> it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. So I'm, I'm easy, at- man. Don't get me involved, man. I'm easy. <laughs> um, or we go out for dinner. And the after- sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after like three, three, four days, Sakib's going, I don't want to eat at that place anymore. I want McDonald's. And we're like, yeah, but we, yeah. we came all the way to Barbados. Why are we getting McDonald's? And those I'm little things... I'm going to get fish anywhere yeah. I go in the world and find it. Those, <laughs> those like, little things, I think, on international, uh, an international level make a massive difference, which is why I, I like li- looking way far back. But like Gerard Lampard scores, completely different sort of characters. Them three blokes didn't work tactically, but they definitely didn't work off the pitch either. They do yeah. not get along, clearly. Um, something as simple as like a dressing room, right? And like, let's say... I'm being a bit cliche. Saka's playing Stormzy, right? And then you're 35. Like, Dan Byrne don't listen to Stormzy. Dan Byrne walks in there, he wants to play Oasis. And like, the vibes, what are they talking about? What are Dan Byrne and Saka having a conversation about? Where Saka, Grealish, Rice... I've actually heard Dan Byrne's like a really good leader, though. Oh, yeah, bro, you... <laughs> how do you I catch a straight here, bro? Dan Byrne, <laughs> uh, 
know, I actually had him in my 26-month squad. That I tweeted out. The Real. vibes are definitely yeah. aligned with this lot, man. You don't yeah. throw in just random randomers and just disrupt the squad. Hunt. I think um, yeah. on the squad, I think uh, one thing Southgate got really lucky with is he had no right-backs available. Because I think if he had games available, Trent doesn't go. And I think if Trent doesn't go, that causes a massive uproar with England fans. Even though there's definitely a, a large proportion of England fans who don't think Trent should go, but now has to. There's also a very large percentage of English English fans and pundits alike who go, Trent has to go. So I think he got away with one a little bit there. Um, but then if, like we were saying this earlier, actually, when I was speaking to Sakib, if, say, Trippier gets injured, or let's say Shaw gets injured, Trent has to play every single game. And the odds on Shaw getting injured are pretty high. Then um, right, right back. Let's cook. I'm surprised as well. He didn't take a, he didn't take a backup left back. It's just it's just Shaw. Yeah, that's why I had Dan Burn in mine actually, because he could play left. But as a wing four. back, uh, as a wing I'd, back, I'd, you reckon? I just want to play a four man. You can play five actually. Nah, I, like, yeah, I'd like to play left wing back. Nah, in a, in a, hey, in a, in a you go upset a lot of people. <laughs> nah, to be honest, I'm just joking. But like with that five back, like last last choice, I think that's why he only took one because Trippier can play there, um, yeah, and then Saka can play wing back as well. If like in a last case mm. scenario, um, and obviously he did, I think he did that in one of the qualifiers recently. Which I just yeah, want to play soccer right wing, um, and then forward and left, selling behind Kane. But um, yeah, man, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's tough, man. I don't like the five. I personally think he hasn't got a choice. That's that. Like we'll we'll chat about this in our predictions video for sure. Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that because I think I feel like we're going to talk about England a lot, and I've got my theories and my thought processes. Um, into this midfield, Bellingham, Conor Gallagher. I was surprised to see. I don't. Were you guys surprised to see Conor Gallagher? Yeah, yeah. but I, I can't. Get it. The, yeah, I was gonna say he's been a lot of the squads recently. I don't think his form this year warrants it. But again, like if he is that, here's the thing for me, right? Especially if Trent is going to play, I think a, a profile like Gallagher on that right central midfield position, like kind of doing the dirty work that Henderson has done in the past for for Liverpool. But that's why I, I wanted useful. Jacob Ramsey to be my last midfielder because. He's sort of that box-to-box -box yeah. sort of player. Amir, you mentioned Conor Gallagher, and I will admit to those listening right now and potentially those watching, we had a technical issue, and therefore we tried to relocate where we were at, and uh, we struggled a little bit, but we're back! Um, the technical issue was with none of the guys in an international shirt. You can figure out the rest. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold. There's a lot of talk about him before the World Cup and then also during this season about whether he'd be in the squad. He's obviously now in the squad because of Reese James's injury. Kyle Walker's also in the squad, but I'm assuming it's because he's going to be fit or he'll be fit in time for one of the games at least and then from that point onwards. Uh, how do we feel about Trent in the squad? And do we actually think he's going to feature? Because I think if Trippier and Shaw are fit for the entire tournament, I actually don't think we'll see Trent hardly at all unless we're in a desperate situation. I actually I agree. I'm... I'm yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say um, we might see him in a group stage thing if we're winning as well. Like in, in that situation, like Southgate might give him some like, here you go, fella. I have, have some minutes. Um, uh, but, but in general, like I'm fine with his inclusion. Personally, I wouldn't have included him, even though I think he's a really, really good player. And I think obviously he's one of the best fullbacks on the planet. But he suits a particular system. Um, and I don't think that England or Southgate are going to play to that system very much, uh, if at all. And there's players ahead of him um, that have some of the qualities as well as having like different qualities as well. So I think Trippier gives you that set-piece threat as well. He's creative himself um, and he just generally suits that style a little bit more. Um, but then with Trent, obviously, I think bringing him 
stops those conversations of like, oh, should he have gone? Should he not have gone? But it just transfers mm. those conversations into basically saying, if England lose, for example, or if England can't score, the conversations are going to be like, oh, shouldn't Trent have played that game? Or why didn't Trent play that game? Um, so I think in that way, I would have maybe left him at home just to move that conversation away and just to keep those sort of conversations out of well, he's, the... He's, the he's not the guy you start, right? You don't start him Trippier's first choice. So then say you're losing and let's say he started a back five, which we expect. You probably take a centre-back off, chuck Grealish on or you chuck Foden on or you chuck Wilson on. Yeah, I don't really see... I would say maybe there might be an occasion where that's half chasing a game. Maybe you move Trippier right centre back and bring Trent on, just let him stand right center, right mid. But I don't, I can't really envision a scenario apart from we already qualified two wins from two. Um, and he yeah. gets that token gesture, like you said. Other than that, I don't really see where he doesn't or start. Injury, he doesn't like if Shaw goes out and then Trippier's on the left, then you bring yeah. on Trent in a five back um, to attack. That makes sense I, as well. I, I think, think I generally I think, think Southgate fancies Ben White. Fit. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, I think if Reese James had been fit, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Trent hadn't been on the plane whatsoever. Yeah, and I think no, even I his form this year would have been the perfect excuse for him to leave him out. So wait, hold on. So on that case then, would you, you know, we were talking earlier about on form, it was between Callum Wilson and Tammy Abraham. Would you say Trent is one of those players that can only get chosen on his current form because internationally he hasn't delivered for Southgate? Yeah, I, I think as well, like, yeah, let me, let me basically rephrase that. If Trent if there had been players fit ahead of him, like Reese James would have been on that plane if he was fit, then Trent Alexander-Arnold's previous form, A for England, and B his current form for Liverpool, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd been left out. But he hasn't been picked, he hasn't been picked even when he's been in incredible form for Liverpool. Um, So I think the case with him is that the players ahead of him are genuinely in in and of themselves world-class. Even if they're not in form, you have Kyle Walker and you have Reese James who are incredible and, and some of the best fullbacks you have Trippier who's the most informed right back in the league oh yeah and, and Trippier who even if he wasn't informed his actual quality is good enough to put him in conversations uh, alongside some of the other best fullbacks in the world yeah. and he can play two sides which obviously is massive help in tournament football because he's competing against those guys I don't think form would be enough to push him ahead of those guys regardless I think even if Reese James was slightly out of form Kyle Walker was slightly out of form Given their profile and given the system that Southgate plays, I think he's always going to go ahead and put in those two regardless. I think Trent's position in England as a starter probably only becomes a reality if there's a new project and that manager sort of builds the system. Don't don't you feel, though, like my feeling with Trent is that I feel like we need to see him play for Southgate because he hasn't played as a right wing back for Liverpool. So we don't know like what his profile would fit like for England. Yeah. And I think England could easily attack on one one side rather than both. By that, what I mean is, like how you see City play with the inverted fullback on the opposite side, I think playing Shaw is a very safe option. Shaw's, like, at international level, he's pretty decent in 1v1 situations. He doesn't make too many calamitous mistakes. And if he does, you've got a left centre-back, like, supporting him. I don't think the opposite... I think, like, England will lack creativity without playing Trent because you, he'll probably play Phillips and Rice next to each other. So then one thing you always get told in coaching is to not play with a seven and a three. You should always play in a six and a four. So when the opposition are on the attack, you shouldn't have seven in your half. You should have six and you should be able to deal with the situation. But if you play Rice and uh, Phillips and you play Trippier and Shaw, you're playing seven against three or seven against four at maximum. But then you're only ever attacking with three. And I don't think 
attacking with three for England is going to be enough because this three have never shown any level of cohesion. Um, well, that's that's the thing about that little magic and that quality that you need again because by having seven or whatever behind the ball, you're basically restricting and, and hoping that the opposition score nothing. At that point, you're hoping to get a set piece, a corner, um, <clears throat> a Raheem Sterling sort of dribble, a Madison long shot, a Kane long shot, a penalty, something like that. So is, isn't that where you go... In in those moments where you are playing with the way the way Southgate plays, isn't that where you go? We need to get the ball into someone who can get the ball from A to C without having to go via B because England don't have a very, let's say, uh, just don't have a six that can direct the play. They don't have an orchestra, an, an orchestrator. I think that's the right word yeah. in that position. So you need someone who can play from deep, and I think that is Trent. And if it's not Trent, I don't think. And I, how are England planning to play without him? Is what I'm kind of saying. The way how, they have, how the they have done the last two tournaments, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Centre, centre backs to Harry Kane, Luke Shaw, linking that. Get you on Harry Maguire's head from a corner, slab head, you know. Standard. To be fair, we scored loads and loads of our goals either from like a Raheem Sterling individual action or like a corner or a set piece. And then we were just mm. based on like a really strong defence behind but that. I will say this Boring. is the one tournament that Sterling is not coming into it confident or inform or no, whatever. Last no, tournament, no, last I didn't tournament, think he was they, great going in. Yeah. Was, was, that, was, really, was that the one where he started com- the Champions League final? Uh, yeah. Like, he didn't and, start yeah, the doubt whether he would even start there, yeah. Yeah. Mm. They asked him the question um, after the first game, actually, saying like, have you justified your place? And he just laughed at it. Yeah, yeah. But he still scored like <laughs> 17, 18 goals that season, right? Or no? Yeah, but they were like, if you look at the if you look at the data, it doesn't reflect it. But the, 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 no, but there's definitely an argument there to say that this version of Sterling, completely unsettled at Chelsea, playing every position under under the sun, and and looking very out of place at Chelsea, not because of him, because of Potter, because of the change of management. I was going to say, Umir, you've been quiet on Sterling this season. To be honest with you, I haven't heard I haven't heard so much about that from you. I went, to the game, I went to the game yesterday and I, I tweeted. Um, I thought Sterling's cameo was really good and then guys were replying like this guy will never rest this guy what are you watching bro when he came on I was clapping loud <laughs> guys were booing he didn't uh, get booed did he? did nah, he even get booed did he? nah the, the general stadium were clapping but there were like a couple good. sort of rows behind me that were booing um, that's crazy football yeah, is crazy he's in a lot of city but no but, on that point yeah. is it like you, you were just shaking your head but like the reality here is I think three of us agree that Sterling is very much so out of sorts at the moment. This no, I agree. In of... terms of Chelsea, um, his, his performances at Chelsea, I'll completely agree that this is nowhere near his best form and, and his performances. I don't think that's really his fault, but I, I would completely agree with that. So then he probably does come into this World Cup more out of form than he's ever been. And also, I think the other thing as well is, uh, he comes into this World Cup when there's at least three players in better form that also play in the same position he does. And then the question is going to be, is Southgate going to play Sterling in that front three because he's got stocks from previous times? Southgate is putting Sterling as the first... If Southgate doesn't put Sterling as the first name on the sheet, <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't envision a situation where that's the that's the case. I think I agree. Southgate knows that Sterling is the guy who took them so far last time. He's a guy who... I mean, all the players, and especially in the England camp, Sterling's respected as this, like, legend for the young players because he mm-hmm. when he came through he, he provided some sort of mentorship he's expressive obviously with the like racism campaigns and things like that uh, that he's led like he's a player that's really well respected within that camp he's a player who's really decisive in the last tournament um and he's a player who can sort of change a game win a penalty for you at any moment 
bring the ball, especially like you were mentioning before, it's hard for England a little bit to get from point A to point B, being a more pragmatic side. But with someone like Sterling, to pick it up and just sprint in and, and carry it, and especially in t- games that might go into extra time and things like that, like the Denmark performance sticks out in my mind so much as one of my favourite sort of performances ever uh, um, to watch. And I think Sterling's just too much of a decisive. So are, you, are you starting him behind? Player. You're starting him behind Kane, right? You're not starting him in a wide position. Personally, I would do that, but I, I don't think Southgate does that. I think Southgate probably puts him um, left wing, and then. I don't know what he does with Foden. Oh, what about, Ra- the other what about Rashford then? Does Rashford get any minutes? You know what? Southgate, so. Southgate really likes Rashford though. I think yeah, he I've heard him mention before that Southgate, um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like the front three of Rashford, uh, Kane and Sterling are like a front three that will sort of dominate the next few That's years. Was, I think he said that a long time ago. Spain Spain once, yeah, exactly. It? Yeah, yeah no, they were incredible that, that attack. I remember that game, but how but long now ago I was think that Rashford's in form and Sterling's not going to be dropped. So if you're counter-attacking, that's a really good counter-attacking front three for me. I don't think Rashford is in better form than a lot of guys. Like, I, he's, in, he's in better form than he was last season, but I don't think at this moment still, and this is going to be United fan, Rashford is still, for me, not lighting the world up that, that he should. Like, he's not in the form that he was at the time of that Spain game. He was unplayable those days. These days, I still, I still think believe, that there's a like, fair few. I'd be happy... I love Foden. I love Saka. I'd be happy if we're playing a counter-attacking system. I would be very happy if our front three was Rashford off the left, Kane down the middle, Sterling on the right. I think that's a really, I, I really th- good... I think at the moment, three. Rashford is like the kid in class who's, who's getting Ds and Es and now he's getting Cs and everyone's going, ah, oh, this kid, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I don't think he's in that type of form. I think he's in better form, but he still makes really bad decisions in... Really important situation. Do you think I don't? Um, I don't think Foden, uh, maybe Foden actually, but I don't think Saka. Um, who else is Grealish? Grealish. I don't think these kind of players are better counter-attacking goal threats than Rashford. So no, no, even, I agree. I'd agree with that. You got to get the ball to, him, get the ball to Rashford in behind, and like Rice and Calvin are not doing that. Saka, so, Saka starts for me. And yeah. England aren't playing against high blocks like that, right? Teams are going yeah. to sit back against England. No, but I'm talking about in the later stages of the tournament. But I don't. No, he's think, a, for he, me, he's a good. He's a good option in those later games off the bench. But I, I, don't, I can't think of a situation where I'd I would be starting. Start him, honestly, in a in a team where in a game where you want to sit back and counter attack, I'd be very happy to, especially that against a big team. That personally, I'd, I'd want England to dominate the ball and have possession. I know that that might not be the case against big teams. If we're sitting back with five, putting them with sort of Phillips and Rice ahead of them, and then having three in front. I would prefer probably Rashford in behind, um, running in behind with like Trippier hitting those passes, Shaw finding the passes into Kane or um, Sterling on the other side. Like, I'd be really happy to see that counter-attacking front three. In a in a side where we have the ball a bit more, then I'd obviously want Ford and Saka instead. Um, but as a counter-attacking team, Rashford's the guy. Is there a single scenario where Callum Wilson and Harry Kane start together? <laughs> last five minutes and you're losing. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a scenario where like Kane gets brought on with five minutes left in the last game against Wales or something when you're 4-0 up or something. Bro. There's no way those two are playing in any meaningful game. I would love in fact, to see I'd actually like to talk about the Wilson situation because, listen, I don't know whether Ivan Tony was left out because of the allegations against him recently mm-hmm. or maybe this is a case again of Southgate just trusting one player more than the other, but that for me, I, I can't understand it if it's for anything outside of a non-footballing reason. Like for me, really? this guy had to be in the and the, the, the form that he's shown this season. 
I think what he provides, and I think Umir made a, a good tweet about his ball striking ability on both set pieces, penalties. I think he would provide a lot for it for a tournament team. Callum like Wilson is a better striker than Ivan Tony all day long. Not all a chance. day no long. Callum no Wilson. way for me. No way for me. I, I, he's been he's been very good in the last few weeks, but I, I wouldn't take Wilson over Tony any day of my life. I don't know about that, but I just know for a yeah, tournament, same. for a tournament like, especially for a penny shootout, Tony's incredible. Off of corners, off of free kicks, that's how you win a game if you're playing pragmatic. Just these moments, how how Conte Spurs have been winning so many games by playing yeah, but not so good. No one's saying Ward Prowse over Gallagher because Ward Prowse all scores penalties and free kicks. But you still have those set piece takers in Trippier, Shaw. Um, See, but Hurricane. my thing is like. The perception that Tony can come on and be uh, a danger from set pieces or a danger in like moments at the death of a game, like Daniel Sturridge was, if you remember when England beat Wales. Was it Sturridge? Yeah. Vardy and um, Sturridge, I think, both scored. Yeah. I actually think Wilson is the better trap guard in that situation because he's a, he's a killer in a box and his finishing yeah. is brilliant. And also, um, generally speaking, I think anyone who comes up against Wilson always has a torrid time because he just plays on the last line. And it really depends. Like when you're chasing a game, what are England planning on doing? Are they planning on lumping it long to Ivan Tony to win for the Conch? I don't actually think that's Ivan Tony's game anyway. Um, or are they going to try and play Wilson right on the last man, tuck Kane in behind? Um, I think what you're talking about anyways with Wilson, you can say the exact same thing about Rashford. And Rashford is playing centrally this year too. So if you wanted someone like that, I would have just... But, Ra- Rashford. but Rashford's not a killer like Wilson at all. Wilson's Wilson, a much how much of a finisher. killer is this guy? Kind of We're talking about him like he's finisher. the full man. He's Come a better on. finisher than Rashford. Brother, hold on. Let me get his... He's good, right? He's a good striker, but the way we're talking about him, like he's a killer. Like, come if, on, bro. If like, he has good hands, he's like, 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 <laughs> he, he regularly hands, he scores twenty goals. goals every season. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, he he's different to Kane, and I think Tony's a little bit more similar to Kane, which might be a reason why. I mean, it could be a pro or against for either one of them. I think if Southgate's gone for Wilson, maybe he wants something different off the bench if needed, rather than a player who's mm. in a similar profile to Harry Kane. Um, I, I would have taken all three. It's just easier. And and I think, like, Tony's just a guy who's valuable in specific moments. Wait, Wilson, wait, if you would have taken all three, who would you have left out? I had my team, actually. Who did, I had who my did team I as well. Um, you know, I, I, I had midfield, actually. I, I, I didn't have, have Gallagher. I had I had uh, Dewsbury Hall, actually, I think. No, I, I didn't end up have, taking him. I didn't put you either. You had Barnes, didn't you? You had Barnes. I had Barnes in my team, Barnes. yeah. I had, no, um, I didn't put Wilson in my team. I didn't put Wilson in my team. I had Kane, Tony, and Rashford as my three forward options. My attackers, I'll just say my attackers. I had Saka, Wilson, Tony, Kane, Sterling, Foden, Rashford, Grealish. Wait, who's missing off that then? Oh, that's exactly what he chose. So, so there's someone I just had Tony, in, but his, it's what he chose, but I had he Tony. Put, he put Gallagher, which I'm sure neither Umir or I put. That's probably oh. the one. And then he put, and then Umir put Wilson, I put Barnes. That's the only difference. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know how you squeezed in Harvey Barnes into that squad. I had Jacob. I had Jacob Ramsey in my squad as well. <laughs> Barnes, Barnes is, is, is so so slept on, man. Barnes is great. Yeah, he's a proper like know, as a sort of traditionalist left winger. Like he he fits that sort of profile well. But then he you have like Grealish, South, Foden, maybe Ronaldo right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Ronaldo right there, man. Just very quickly before we wrap this up, who do we think in that squad plays? the bottom three number of minutes and who do we think plays the most minutes? Um, Outside of the goalkeepers? Outside of the goalkeepers. So who's your number one and your number two on your team sheet and who's your 25, 26 on your team sheet? Leah, I'll go to you first. 
Uh, number one and number two, I would say Kane and Maguire. Kane and Maguire, I would say, are probably my one and two. And, yeah, 25, and then my bottom two are, are, are what? Connor Cody and probably Callum Wilson, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I would say maybe uh, Connor Cody and maybe Henderson because I think Gallagher will probably be preferred a bit more to Henderson. So maybe he's really? he's on the lower ones. Uh, Henderson's going to get some. Oh, he is, bro. Maybe it's Gallagher. Maybe it's Gallagher. Sixth minute. Henderson's Gallagher on every game. <laughs> it's one of those two, though. Cody and him. Cody and one of Gallagher, Henderson, whoever plays less. I'm going... Well, top two. I'm saying Rice plays basically every game. And Harry Kane. But I, he, Harry Kane might get rested in, if they're through. Um, and, and Wilson might come on. So... Yeah, they all got high hopes for England, man. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, instead of course wow. have high hopes, man. Um, fine. So, so yeah, my top two are, are in terms of minutes. I'll say Rice and you know Rice and John Stones. Why not? And then like bottom two, I'll go Connor Cody. I love that he's going, man. And then <laughs> the vibes. Dyer too. I forgot about Dyer is there as well. Maybe those two. I think Dyer's gonna play. You know. Yeah, they the three back in it. Um, I'll say Conor Gallagher and Conor Cody, the Connors. Kane, Rice, and Shaw, man. I think Kane, Rice, and Shaw play oh, the Shaw, most. Yeah, Shaw's going to play every Shaw. minute. Who else yeah. is playing left back if Shaw yeah, plays? Yeah, I should have put Shaw uh, there. I don't think Cody plays a minute, and I don't think Gallagher's going to play much either. I'm worried about Mason Mount too. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's no, I'm not worried about Yeah, him. but like, where does he go though? Like, where, like, if he's playing five at the back, two holding and three up top, where does he fit him in? He'll find a way, man. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, man. He will, yes, yeah, he will. likely will. But I don't, I don't, like, as a fan, I prefer Madison as the X Factor. I prefer Grealish as the X Factor. I prefer Foden. I don't really see Mount's role hmm. if he's not starting. In the 4 3 3, he's really nice at left centre mid. Yeah, but we're not playing four three three. Come on, we've got actually, quite hungry might, playing a four three three. I hope and I believe that there's going to be enough games in there that they're going to play a four. In my heart, I, I just have a so. sense. Yeah, you'll see midway through a game, and I bet it's the game that England get eliminated in. He's going to throw <laughs> Madison in the only game that Madison will play. He'll throw Madison in to save the game, like, but also oh, to say, "Oh, I gave him a chance. He didn't. He yeah. didn't deliver." And That's the question. Who's name? Whose name's going to be on the back paper when England inevitably lose in the last sixteen? I think or Maguire, Sterling and Maguire. Oh yeah, those yeah. I think Trent's going to be on the papers, hundred percent. No one cares he'll about like, Trent like that. He'll play like <laughs> he'll play forty-five <laughs> minutes, and uh, England fans will go berserk. And I think the papers are right about him. Um, yeah, my top two. Um, my t- top two: Harry Kane. I think will play near enough every minute. Um, I don't even think. I think in the game where even if England are through or whatever, I still think Kane will start. Um, and then I'm going to say Trippier because I think even if Shaw gets injured Trippier's going to play that side if there's a oh, centre yeah. back wrong yeah. Trippier will tuck inside I think Trippier won't get subbed because he doesn't want to throw Trent on at any point um, my <laughs> bottom two are Madison and Trent I don't think Madison I think Madison's going to play maximum 10 minutes and I think Trent's going to play maximum 20 minutes unless there's I'm an injury. I'm telling you, Madison will be the last 10 minutes of the game England are getting eliminated in. I Bro, guarantee I, I, I think he'll throw on Madison and Trent to save him when they're yeah. losing 2 0 to USA and they won't save him. And then after, people will go, Oh, that's right. why we didn't put him in the squad. I told you. Why did we take him? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we have had 
a multitude of uh, tech issues today. Um, we were going to talk about England around and pick our first 11 for men, but as always, Leah's the star boy he is these days, needs to leave. Um, but Mayor has a Name life these days. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and Sakib needs to go edit. So uh, I think uh, for this one, it's been the bonus. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back with plenty of World Cup content. Uh, do follow the guys on socials, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.